Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On this episode, it's just me today, and I'll have some announcements at the end about the podcast, but I would like to talk about Teacher Appreciation and specifically Teacher Appreciation Week, since that's what we're coming to the end of, at least in the, in the West, I think, perhaps uh, in the United States, I'm not sure about Canada and to focus on appreciating teachers every week, all year long, and to discuss sort of the origins, start with the origins of Teacher Appreciation Week and where we are right now with Teacher Appreciation Week and what teachers say about how they want to feel appreciated. So let's start with the origin of American Teacher Appreciation Week, at least. So it was proposed in 1953 by Eleanor Roosevelt uh, to Congress. It was thought to be encouraged by uh, a couple of people from different states who felt that there needed to be a Teacher Appreciation Day, not necessarily a Teacher Appreciation Week, that there should be a federal recognition uh, of, of teachers. Uh, it took uh, 27 years. It wasn't until 1980 that actually Teacher Appreciation Day became official. And that was basically due to the National Education Association in the United States lobbying for um, a date in March. Uh, originally, it was March 7th. And they wanted to have this Teacher Appreciation Day. And so finally, in 1980, it became uh, recognized. And then in 1984, the National uh, Parents Teachers Association made it uh, a whole week, and they moved it to the first week in May. Uh, this information I got from the school specialty blog, and as far as I know, it's probably there someone, somewhere else. I'm as assuming that they, they found the information somewhere else. And... So that's, that's sort of the basic history of how it came about. It was national lobbying groups, initially the um, National Education Association, and then the National Te Parent Teachers Association. And, uh, and that's how it became the first week in May. But if we, if we really look at what teachers want, uh, and I saw someone posted some of this the other day, a survey, a phone survey that the National Ed Education Association put out for teachers to be able to call in 
and talk about what they would really like as appreciation. And what they said was they want to be able to be respected and be trusted in their job. Uh, they want to be to be hugged. They would love to get hugs uh, from their students. They've missed their students for the last two years due to COVID. And students showing gratitude, being able to hug, notes, uh, just different ways to feel uh, that wonderful feeling from students. A wellness day, perhaps a, a day all about, you know, uh, ab about wellness, um, where teachers didn't have to do anything, perhaps uh, a day off or a day to where they really are off and not doing work at home, uh, a day to be able to feel respected for the work that they do all year long. Uh, another person who called in to the NEA hotline for what do teachers want uh, during Teacher Appreciation Week is investments in schools. Let's invest the finances in schools. Uh, other people talked about more resources for social emotional learning. Um, as a side note, I've seen a lot of negativity surrounding social emotional learning, not by teachers, of course, but by misinformation and misunderstanding of what social emotional learning is. Obviously the research shows that it's extremely important, not just, I mean, not just for, for students to learn and achieve, but also to have that atmosphere and climate in the school so that teachers feel that sense of belonging, that sense of wellness. Um, another caller said, let's take the politics out of it, the lawmakers or pro policy makers. Let's stop using it as a sort of a, an American football or a soccer ball, going back and forth and back and forth based on polit political agendas and so forth. Let's instead spend time as lawmakers and policy makers to fund what needs, needs to be funded, like resources so teachers don't have to invest their own savings and a little bit of salary that they do get uh, to, to buy the things that are needed, that they don't need to go to donorschoose.org or other organizations to be able to raise funds to get things in their classrooms. To create cultures of learning, uh, not performance. So to actually create that culture of learning, which includes that social-emotional piece, in addition to the content and getting to know each and every student. And so I would say uh, a big piece or a big part of what I was hearing is the systemic change that needs to happen with the policymakers or lawmakers understanding what their role is and what it is not. Uh, for districts uh, leaders and uh, other leaders to be able to have the care about kind of attitude 
that um, caring about teachers, caring about staff, caring about the whole school, uh, and for teachers to really be able to notice that care about them because the focus is on what can we take off your plate or what can we do to ask you, teachers, what you need. So it doesn't have to be a National Education Association hotline. It should be every school asking every single teacher, not a token number of teachers on a committee, what do you really need? And then sifting through all of that, what the needs are of the schools, what the teachers' needs are, student needs, parent needs, and so forth, and coming up with a plan to really address the concerns of teachers instead of having so many of them leave the profession because they're so burnt out, they're so frustrated, it's so hard for them to walk into the building every day. Someone else also said personalized thank yous. So, but uh, the overriding theme, I think, for me was, was the systemic need for change. And although there are teachers who are trying to make those changes individually in their schools, and I know there are principals and school leaders and probably district leaders who are trying to make changes. I mean, I've spoken to some of those leaders on my podcast in previous episodes, and I know they're out there, and they're not just in America. They're in many other places around the world. And so I'm talking during this American Teacher Appreciation Week, but Teacher Appreciation Day for the world, according to UNESCO, is October 5th. Uh, a lot of countries observe uh, October 5th as Teacher Appreciation Day or World Teacher Day, as they call it. But why do we need uh, a day? Oh, okay, it's great to recognize teachers for a day or a week, give them discounts, um, you know, say kudos to all of you. We recognize how much you're doing. But it would go so much further to make those systemic changes that are necessary and have a teacher walk into their building every single day feeling a sense of belonging, feeling a sense of calm, um, not feeling anxious about what the day holds for them because they are going to be there until 4 or 5 o'clock at meetings that are totally unnecessary uh, or doing extra work on the weekends and then being accused or told uh, by you know others who don't understand what a teacher does or disregard the amount of work a teacher has by saying, you know, those three months you have off during the summer, those vacations you have during the year, that should be enough to, to get you back on your feet and give you space and so forth. Meanwhile, what teachers are doing over the summer, getting more professional development, learning, preparing, being asked to do certain things on certain committees, um, getting ready for the following year. If they're changing jobs or changing districts or changing schools, uh, they're preparing for what's coming up next. And 
we need to we need to recognize this. We need to respect the voice of the teachers. We need to um, make sure that they feel a sense of autonomy. Um, and it shouldn't be up to the teachers alone to do all the work to let everybody know what's needed. We all know what's needed in schools. The research is out there. The research about social emotional learning, about belonging, about the necessity for all of that for, teach, for children to learn and achieve. We, we know what's needed. We know the finances that are needed. We know the amount of time the teachers need to collaborate and plan. We have models for that in Singapore and Finland and other places where, where international tests, how, however much you want to put place importance on international tests, but if you look at the research surrounding those countries, the reason why their teachers are happier, their students achieve higher, is because they have more planning time. They have more professional development time. They have more time to collaborate with each other during the school day. They don't have to, they're not asked to sub for other teachers because there's such a teacher shortage. I mean, let's take a step back and say to ourselves, why are so many teachers leaving? And one of the articles I read actually in the Washington Post was from 2016, that was six years ago. They were talking about the same issues we're talking about today. Why? Why are we still talking about those issues? It's because people aren't listening. The policymakers, the lawmakers, those who make decisions are not listening. In the meantime, we have parents and political groups who are getting involved with telling teachers in schools what to teach, what their curriculum should be and should not be, what books we should have in our libraries, what books we should be allowed to use in our classrooms. Let's not debate these things. We have the research that shows what works. Let's, let's all, I'm not saying let's all read the research, but the teachers know, they know, they're on the ground, they're in the classrooms, they know what's best. Let's listen to the teachers. Let's ask the teachers first and then listen. Listen for understanding, not listen for responding. What did they need? And so it was great for the NEA to ask teachers to call in and say, what do they want for Teacher Appreciation Week? Obviously, it's not discounts and and codes and, you know, cards and things like that. No, it's let's change the system for the better. We've been talking about this for way too long. We can't do this unless we're doing it as a group, as we're doing it all together. Teachers can't do this alone. We need, we need district leaders. We need principals. We need parents. We need political groups to stay out of it. We need them to stop asking us for things that we know don't work. And we also, as educators, need to stop using so many buzzwords. This is a particular peeve of mine. 
I think when we start using buzzwords and acronyms, it confuses people. For example, we talk about CRT. CRT, to me, is culturally responsive teaching. But CRT, to many, because of misinformation, is critical race theory, which has been used politically uh, to say that this is what is being done in classrooms in K-12, which is completely untrue. Critical race theory has something to do with the law, and it has nothing to do with K-12 schools. Those who are using it as a, a political mechanism to make parents anxious uh, and, and push to remove certain things from curricula, remove certain books and so forth, it's a, it's a political agenda, basically. You know, let's call it critical race theory and make it sound like it's something that is being taught to students uh, against what either parents want or the community wants. And in fact, if we looked at the community and we looked at the diversity of the community within the school, within the greater community, we would see that we're excluding voices. We're excluding voices. We're excluding voices. And what I mean by that is we are not listening and we're not paying attention to ensuring a sense of belonging because we're excluding certain voices. We're you know, by, by removing things from textbooks and removing books and removing certain things from curriculum, we are basically, or they are basically saying, you can't teach these things because I don't want my child to learn about them. But they're out there and uh, they're available on Google. And what about the students who don't feel seen? What about the students who don't feel a sense of belonging because they don't see themselves in the books, in the textbooks, in the math problems, in the books in the library? What happens to all of them? Well, they leave school. They drop out. They fail. They have serious mental health difficulties. They suffer depression and anxiety, commit suicide. That's what happens. We need to make those changes, but it starts with appreciating teachers, appreciating teachers every single day, appreciating educators every single day, and listening to them and listening to the research, finding out what's needed. Because as we know, other professions depend on teaching. If we're not educated, we don't have those professions. We don't have that creativity. We don't have those 21st century skills, which are 
I mean, we talk about 21st century skills. We've been in 21st century for 22 years now. We're talking about all those C words, creativity, critical thinking, collaboration, all of those things that corporations have said we need in the people who are graduating today. And if our students don't read about all aspects of the world we live in, whether it's race, gender, sexuality, whatever, ethnicity, language, if we don't expose them to that, we're all lost. We are all lost. And I'm not just talking about the United States. I'm talking globally. Um, I used the Teacher Appreciation Week sort of as a platform to kick it off. But basically I'm saying, you know, I'm all about belonging, but I'm also all about what makes sense. What makes sense? So we need to look at the systems. We need to look at the systems that allow for teachers to have planning time, that allow for teachers to have time off, to have mental breaks during the day, during the week, during the school year. We need to make sense of what we're asking everybody in the school building to do, students, teachers, staff, leaders. And we need to hurry up and do it soon because the further along we get, I told you, Washington Post wrote about it six years ago, and I'm sure 20 years ago people were writing about the same things. If we don't do something soon, you know, we have 2030 is the sustainable development goals. Number four is education. And we've been talking in the United Nations for ever about education for all. This isn't education for all. This is education for some, for the ones with the squeaky wheel, for the loudest voices, the most power. We need to stop all that. We need to make sure we look at the research. We need to make sure everybody feels seen and heard, including our teachers. So I'm going to leave it there for now. I've said a lot. Um, it's, it's, a lot of what I've been thinking for a long time and I've been reading others who have been writing about it also and I thank them for that. It's not easy to, to speak out because um, often we're labeled as troublemakers. But, you know, I like good trouble. So I w wanted to segue a little bit into my podcast I am going to be traveling a lot over the summer. I'm going to try to put in some podcast episodes as I'm able to. But I am also getting the feeling that people that I have asked to be on the show are so busy, are so exhausted that taking a break, not only me taking a break, um, but also allowing others because I love, I love talking to other people on my podcast and I'm feeling that others are really needing some space right now to, to rest and recover 
and take those mental health breaks that they need. And so I'm going to take most of the summer off. I will probably put in episodes here and there as topics come up that uh, I want to talk about or as uh, I have several people who have said, oh, I can talk to you at the end of the school year. And so I will try to do those while, while I'm on vacation. I'll be in the U.S. over the summer visiting family. And so I hope to get in a couple of ep- episodes when the time zone difference isn't so bad. So you'll be hearing from me, but not regularly. And I also wanted to direct you to my new website, EileenWinnaker.com. I'm really excited to, uh, to share that with you. I hired someone uh, Katie Stoddard actually consulting, Katie Stoddard consulting to help me with it. I had built my own website and was using it for a number of years and was really happy with it. But in this next phase, I really want to be able to define my message to make sure my message is clear to everybody. And so I would love for you to visit the website and let me know what you think about it tag journey to belonging and I'm also really excited because uh, my second book the companion workbook to journey to belonging with all of the lessons and activities will hopefully come out in late fall around end of October early November next year and I am really excited about it I have uh, included a number of different contributors with awesome lessons for all different types of belonging. And I'm, I'm really, I can't wait to share all of that with everyone. And it'll be workbook. So it'll, you know, be in a format that you'll be able to take those lessons and use them in your classroom or use them in your professional development or use them personally. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's also something that I'll be working on over the summer. And I want to thank all my listeners, um, many loyal listeners, and those of you who haven't subscribed yet on your favorite podcast platform, please do so. Uh, I'd love to have additional listeners join. I will, uh, I'll see you when I see you, and please reach out uh, to anybody who's interested in being on the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. I'm on social media at Eileen Winokur and most social media. And I look forward to seeing you there when I'm not uh, recording a podcast. So take care, everybody, and uh, be well, and take care of yourselves. Take those breaks when you need them. Don't be like me, a workaholic, uh, getting so sick that um, my husband had to follow me to school one day in order to make sure that I went to the doctor. Don't, don't be like Eileen. Okay. <laughs> took me a long time to learn that work will always be there, but you might not. So with that, I will leave you. Uh, take care. Have a good end of the school year for those of you who are ending up your school years in the next month or two. And for those of you just beginning, wishing you all the best with the beginning of your school year. And if you're right dab in the middle, enjoy everything that's happening at school. And yes, and just once again, 
please take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.